Today, we're going to talk about tithing. That is the idea that 10% of your income ought to go to your church every month. Or technically, it's 10% of your income ought to go to the Lord. But we can't exactly hand God money directly, so we give to the Lord through giving to our church. At least that is what is taught. But let's dive into what the scriptures say about generosity, about Christian tithing. What does it actually say? Because the idea of tithing goes back to the Old Testament to the Israelites when tithing was part of the law. But what does God expect from us today? I was recently talking to a fellow Christian and we were just having a normal conversation. I don't even remember what it was about, but he made this side comment of how money had been tight lately, but no matter how tight it gets, he always makes sure to give God 10% of his income because if he doesn't, God is going to get upset with him and God is going to always make sure that somehow, some way, he gets his 10% from him. And he said it to me like, of, like, of course, like this is normal, you know, this, of course, 10% always, no matter what, doesn't matter how tight things are, uh, you know, if you can't pay your bills or, you know, buy food, you still have to give God, you know, 10%, somehow, some way, you got to figure it out. Um, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm not seeing that in Scripture. I'm not seeing that in the New Testament. Now, what I'm not saying, so don't just, you know, get out of the podcast and say, okay, I don't have to tithe, I'm done. I'm not saying that, hey, we're free to just never tithe, we can keep all our money for ourselves, God loves us anyway. That is not what I'm saying. So I would just like us to look at the Scriptures together, because we never want to swing from one extreme to the other. So where does this concept of tithing even come from? Well, it does come from the Old Testament. God's people, the Israelites, were under the law. I think most of us know that, so I'm not going to go into this super long uh, history lesson of the Old Testament. But God did require that His people give Him 10% of everything that they had. Their crops, their first fruits, their, gosh, their everything, honestly. It was to be right off the top of their income of, you know, their, uh, like I said, their crops, their produce, things that they produced from the land, their animals, 10% went straight to the Lord as just this constant reminder that everything belongs to Him. Everything we are given is exactly that. It is given us. It is not something we have, we have earned or that we have somehow produced by our own two hands. Everything is a gift from the Lord. Now, um, I talk about in previous podcasts that we are no longer under the law. That is made very clear, I feel like, by the New Testament, by the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law for us. Because if you look back, the whole point of the law, and God says this over and over in the Old Testament, the only reason he even gave the Israelites the law was because they were just unable to obey. They were unable to obey God. The first, quote, law he ever gives them, I'm going to say requests. It wasn't even a law. The first requests he asks of them are to love him, you know, love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor. That's all he asked. But, you know, like all of us, they couldn't do that. 
And so every time they sinned and they got more creative and more volatile and more evil in their sinning, he had to create laws to hedge their sin. Okay, I've used this example before, but those of us that have children know that if we say to one of our children, hey, don't hit your brother, and then they might stop hitting their brother, but now they're poking their brother. So now you have to say, okay, don't poke your brother. So they quit poking him, but then they just start gently tapping him, which is also annoying him. So you have to say, okay, don't tap your brother. So now you have three rules now. Don't hit, don't poke, don't tap. And eventually it's don't touch, just go in different rooms, right? So the law was always given as a response to sin. Now what distinguishes us believers today from the Israelites in the Old Testament is the Holy Spirit. People that followed the Lord in the Old Testament before Christ did not have the Holy Spirit indwelling and living in them. Sometimes you'll read that God's Spirit came upon them for a few moments and they prophesied or they, they did something great, but the Spirit always left them. But God spoke about uh, this coming time when he would restore his people himself uh, Emmanuel, God with us, would come and that people would be able to obey God, that this period of salvation would be marked by obedience, that people would no longer need uh, to be told about the Lord or told what to do. They would just know how to obey because God would be with them. And so believers today, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, the very Spirit of God that helps us determine right from wrong. We don't necessarily need all these laws to tell us uh, what to do. We have God's wisdom, God's spirit within us, helping us to obey. So what does this have to do with tithing? Well, we're going to look at some verses on generosity and money and things like that that are uh, written to believers, that are written to Christians and we're going to draw some conclusions from there. The first verse I'm going to be looking at is 2 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 6. It says, The point is this, The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. So at first that sounds like, Oh, if I give a lot of money, money might be given back to me. No, that's not what that's about. Keep listening. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. So that is very interesting. So 
first of all, there's nothing about 10% in there. It literally says that everyone should give as they have decided in their heart, not reluctantly. So not like, okay, God, I guess I'll give you this money, but also not under compulsion, not like, okay, like I must do this. But out of this generosity that overflows in their heart from God. And when it says that God will, uh, you know, that you who sow sparingly will reap sparingly, it's not talking about actual money or crops or whatever. It's literally talking about generosity. There is this connection with being a believer and being generous. I have seen firsthand, I see this in the scriptures too, but I've seen firsthand that when I start getting a little greedy and I want to give a little less here or, you know, want to save up right here, maybe not give quite as much this week, um, that I start getting a little cold in my heart. But when I am just so generous and I'm like, you know what? Like, I love the Lord. He is going to provide for me. I'm going to give to his church. I'm going to give to these people over here in need. It actually makes me more generous. And it makes me thankful for God's free gift to me of salvation through Jesus. Because I did not earn that. We have not earned our salvation. It was given to us by someone else. Someone else earned it on our behalf, and it's free to us. And I just think about how generous God is. He gave us everything. He gave us himself. He gives us uh, gifts every day, life and breath and food and health and children and, you know, pets, like just these little graces that we take for granted. But there is this connection between obedience and generosity. Again, I would just encourage you, go back and read these verses. These are just so rich. These are just so rich. So, um, yeah, you don't have to give 10%. If you are in a period where you are struggling financially, that is okay. I'll just be honest with you. When we were first married, we were lucky to clear $800 a month. We could not give $80 a month to church. We just couldn't. It would be the difference in having rent or not. And we know we have an obligation to not be in debt to others. Uh, we don't want to owe our landlord money because we've been giving to church. Um, but God so graciously provided for us. And any time that we were given money that we didn't expect, we did turn around and tithe it. Does that make sense? He provided for us so generously and graciously through other people. Oh my goodness, I have so many stories of his provision. But we always had a generous heart. We gave what we could. If I gave $20 a week to church, which I couldn't every week, but when I did, I felt so cheerful and good, not because I knew, not because I felt like I had to. I don't. I literally don't have to, but because I wanted to. Um, there's one more verse I will share with you. And it's regarding giving directly to your church because some people will say, well, I don't have to tithe to my church. You know, I can give to God by giving to charities and helping my neighbor. Absolutely, please do that. Hear me clearly, please do that. But we are specifically supposed to, uh, to want to give directly to God's people and God's church. And so I'm going to be looking at... 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, this is, again, the Apostle Paul speaking. For context, it would be very, very helpful for you to read the first 13 verses of chapter 9 to get the, the rich context behind um, 
Paul's point here, but in verse 14, he culminates and says, In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should earn their living by the gospel. So if you are giving to charities and other people, but um, your church is struggling financially to even pay their pastor and pay their staff, I would say that, at least for a time, you need to take the resources you're giving to other things and take them back to the church. Um, We are called to make sure that our brothers and sisters are being taken care of, especially those that are making their living by preaching the gospel. I mean, this is of utmost importance. I don't want my pastor to be struggling. Um, You know, meanwhile, I'm giving to to other things, to side things. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, let us do good to everyone, but especially to those of the household of faith. So we should help everyone that we can. Non-believers doesn't matter, but we have a specific obligation to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, these are people that Christ died for. Um, We may not be blood family with them, but we are blood family through the blood of Jesus. And so I actually have more of an obligation to help my brother or sister in Christ who might be struggling financially than I do my own family who is not. Uh, a believer. So in conclusion, do you have to tithe 10% to be a good Christian or is God going to be angry with you if you don't? Absolutely not. But believers should be marked by wild generosity, by incredible thanksgiving, joy in our generosity, And we should give as much as we can whenever we can. We should make sure that we're not giving to things other than our brothers and sisters in Christ, other than the church, if there is need within the church. But we also should uh, make sure that our our families are provided for. I didn't even reference that scripture, but there is um, 1 Timothy, I think it's chapter 5, verse 18. I know it's 1 Timothy, says we must provide for our own household, So we should never give so much to others, so much to our church that our own families are struggling, that our own children uh, are not being provided for. That would be wrong. Um, But yes, we should give as much as we can whenever we can, whatever we have decided in our heart. So if that's as much as you can give is 5%, and that is that is, you know, your widow's might, that is as much as you possibly can without taking away from what your family needs then that is fine. But just always, as a believer, we never want to ask ourselves, how little can I give and still be considered a Christian? We want to ask, how much can I give? Because I was given so much by my Savior. As always, thanks for listening. Feel free to give me any feedbacks, questions, comments, through my Facebook page, or you can email me at blamibo.go at hushmail.com. That's B-L-A-M-I-B-O dot G-O at hushmail.com. Thank you and God bless.